Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live radio contact. week's Devon Detail Podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hi, Rob. You okay? You having a good week, mate? On your holidays? Yeah, yeah, I'm having a good week, mate. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to coming. Well, I'm not looking forward to coming home, but we've got Cass on, on Friday night, so I'm looking forward to getting to the match with John on Friday night. So, uh, so yeah, excited to hopefully uh, get back on the horse and get a win under our belt. Cool. What have we on the show this week, Paul? Yeah, we've got the news. We've got a review of the whole game. We've got interviews with Olsi Krasniki and new signing Manu Batavai. We've also got a special chat with uh, Hull's captain Gareth Ellis on uh, his thoughts on how, uh, how he's doing this season and how, how Salford are doing. We've got Watson here, Watson, sorry, in Coach's Corner. We've got the amateur report and we've got a preview of Castleford game on Friday. Cool, so we'll do. We'll uh, start with the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So, here we are with all the news coming out of Salford. Uh, me and Paul Whiteside looking at all the news. Um, first bit of news, the Salford Red Devils Foundation uh, trying to organise a youth trustee board, Paul, to help your projects. Um, it sounds good, obviously, you know, it's good to have a, kind of an option on what they do. Yeah, certainly the foundation has been doing lots of great work this season, haven't we? We spoke about them quite a lot, but that sounds like a great idea, you know, getting the youth involved and letting them make the decisions, you know, what they want to do in the future as well, gives them a bit more control about over things, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like exciting times ahead for them. Yeah, obviously, we, we, we know all about what the uh, Sulphur Red Devils Foundation do in the community and the local schools and the local colleges, Paul. And they, they're going to play a massive part, aren't they, in, in building our club and in the community? Yeah, of course they are, mate. They're, they're like a, sort of the driving force, really, aren't they, for, for the young supporters? And, and, and they've got to have a lot of responsibility, really, in getting people to come to the game. I know the club's got to work alongside them as well, but the, the foundation do a lot of work. You know, they, There's not a lot of people who work for them. They've got like massive manpower, but the work that they do is absolutely tremendous. And yet, they, you know, getting into schools and getting kids interested, and that's, that's the lifeblood of the, of the club, really, Rob. The, those kids are the future of the club as well, so... Uh, so yeah, that's really, really important and the great work they've done this season needs to be carried on again next season. Yeah, next bit of news we've got is the Sulphur Red Devils um, Education Academy got their uh, results. They got a 100% pass rate, uh, BTEC Level 3 diploma in sport, Paul. It's great that they're mixing uh, playing rugby with uh, getting an education. Certainly is, yeah. And, you know, if you are playing rugby, and that's, as everybody knows, it's a short career, really, if you are lucky enough to, to make it into the professional ranks. So, uh, you know, a lot of players now fall back on things, don't they, for education. And, you know, if you're working in sport as well, and it's something that you enjoy doing, you know, and you're doing something at college, whether it be physiotherapy or, or whatever it is in sport, you know, something to fall back on in that sort of field. I mean, something that you enjoy as well, I think that that's great. Yeah, so big well done uh, to them, from everyone on the podcast. And, you know, I'm sure you're going to use that, that um, sort of qualification well and, you know, get a great future in the game or outside the game, I suppose, with that, Paul. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wish I'd have done something like that when uh, when I had left school. So a lot of opportunities there for the for the kids. And uh, yeah, if they don't make it playing rugby league, I'm sure they can make it. You know, being involved in uh, some sort of sport somewhere. So uh, as long as you're doing something you enjoy. Because like I said, when you leave school, you're a long time in work, aren't you? So you want to be making sure you're doing something that you enjoy doing. Of course, you never work a day in your life and you do something that you enjoy, Paul. And I'm sure you know they're going to enjoy that. And uh, hopefully, it'll go on to bigger and better things for him. Uh, next bit of news um, tickets for Castleford on Friday are going re- out fantastically by all accounts 50% of the South Stand already sold Paul and it's uh, hopefully a big crowd yeah no, no, let me just clear it up for the listeners on that I mean season tickets count don't they on, on Friday night Robert can use our season tickets count that's correct then. yeah by all accounts I think that's the, the right way I think you can use your season tickets uh, on Friday because it's just a, a normal like a Super League Super 8 game innit I think Suppose it's the same as last last year. You, you could do like that. You could do last. Yeah, you could do last. Yeah, 
you could do last season, couldn't you? But like you're saying there, they, they've sold extra tickets as well to go on top of the season tickets. We're a good crowd and I'd be, um, I'd be looking for, for Casper to bring a good fire. I know it's a Friday night, it's quite a difficult place to, to come from, but uh, you know, Casper a, a cock a hoop at the moment at the top of the table and, and Ryan and I playing some good rugby league, so uh, I'm expecting them to bring a, bring a few supporters as well. Yeah, home debut for Manu Vatavau as well. You know, played well at Hull, uh, Paul, and the club have gone big time trying to promote him. Yeah, I spoke to Manu after the game, and he's a nice bloke as well. Um, didn't really know what to say to him at first because you know his reputation. But what a lovely bloke he is, and I thought he played really well. As we'll speak about shortly, I would think. But I thought he played really well on uh, on Friday night. And I think he's going to be a very very exciting player going forward in the future of this season and next season as well. Yeah, it's going to be great. Obviously, loads of tickets sold, and you know, hopefully, uh, the the people will uh, will turn up of Salford and back the team. I was thinking that the beast. Uh, we could have the Beast of Broughton or the Beast of Barrel. You know, we we could recommend it. You know, make it local. I I reckon. Yeah, sounds sounds good to me, mate. Sounds good to me. But there's going to be some interesting battles there. I don't know who um, Manu Vatavai will come up against. I presume uh, usually have Jake Webster in there lineup. Don't they? he's a he's a big lad as well. So I presume he'll be lining up maybe on the same opposite opposite wing to uh, to Manu Vatavai. So there's going to be some some interesting contests there and. Uh, on, on Friday night and I'm looking forward to see how, how he goes in, in his, his home debut because he's an exciting explosive player as well in, in Manu Vatavai and I'm sure he'll thrive off the atmosphere on, on Friday night and you know he's going to get a good reception as well so uh, yeah it's going to be exciting Yeah next uh, big away game uh, is Wigan Warriors Paul uh, tickets available uh, for that uh, £22 for adults £16 for concessions and uh, £10 for juniors I suppose what happened in the, the semi-final Paul we do revenge aren't we? Certainly, yeah, we've beaten once there already, already this season. We've gone 20 years without a win there, so it'd be quite sort of 20 years of beating twice in a season. And, and yeah, like you say, we've, I think there's a bit of unfinished business there with Wigan, you know, with that semi final. That's going to be still uh, still on the players' minds, so obviously we've got to get the Casper game out of the way first. And don't forget, Wigan are just behind us in the league, aren't they? I think they're, uh, they're three points behind us now. I think they've got 20, I remember serves me right, I think they've got 23 points, Wigan. We've got the 26, so if we are to win that, sort of two points away from them, that's going to uh, help us in our push for that top four and keep them at bay and as a chasing pack. Yeah, there's a coach going down to Wigan. It's £11 per person. Pick up points at Shanders at Sports Club at 20 past five. Royal Sovereign at 5.35. Echoes Town Hall at 5.50. Dog and Padres at 5.55. And the AJ Bell Stadium at 6.15, Paul. And, you know, hopefully we'll get a big following. Well, we took a big following there early in the season, Rob. It was a great following down. It was a great night as well. Fantastic performance from the players, and uh, and I really enjoyed it. So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I love me away game. So uh, I can't wait for that. I'm sure we'll take a big following. And uh, don't forget as well. I mean, I know we're looking ahead there a bit, but uh, that game's going to be the week before the Challenge Cup final. So with a bit of luck, Wigan might be, I won't say resting players, but they're going to have eyes on that Challenge Cup final as well. And if we can catch them off guard and uh, pinch the two points, that could uh, could well spur us on in that top four uh, fight. Yeah, final bit of news we've got is Lamatazzi out for the season through injury. Paul, he's been a you know a great player for us back coming back from St Helens this season. He certainly has, Rob. I think he's been fantastic this season, Lamatazzi. He's, he's not let us down at all. He's been there every week. He's made a lot of yards. He's he's cooked some fantastic tackles, played a lot of minutes, and you know he's been really solid performer in the pack for us. A very consistent performer as well. And, it's unfortunate when a player's um, season is, is ended prematurely by an injury. You know, we've had Matt Flanagan been ruled out for the season. And I know I don't think he's been confirmed by the club yet, but I think Lee Mossett maybe he could possibly have out for the season as well. Um, I mean, don't hold me to that one, but he's not. He's been out for a while as well. So yeah, it's always disappointing, and Lamb will be disappointed now. It's a long time now till the, till the next season. You've got all the club season as well, so it's a long time to be out out injured. It must be really frustrating for him because he's been uh, he's been good. Yeah, it's about top four. Uh, he's in the top four meter makers, top forward, Paul, uh, meter maker. Uh, we're going to miss that goal forward, I suppose, with the, the tactics that Ian Watson likes to play with a big forward rolling forward. You know, we're going to miss that. You certainly are going to miss it, Robin. And not only that, he's another body that's going to be out now. As I mentioned there, Matt Flanagan's out. You've got Lee Mottop out as well. Lamatars is now out. They're three, three real key men in the pack for us. And I know Chris Brown is hopefully going to be back shortly because he's another one who we've missed the last few weeks. And, like we said before, we were chatting about Logan Thompson having to play eight minutes on, on Friday night. That's the only recognised hooker. So we are a bit short on numbers, but we've not got the biggest squad in the world either. So you know, when a player's ruled out for the season, like that, it's going to be a big miss for us. So uh, obviously, you know, one door closes, one door opens sometimes, as they say, don't they? So you've got guys like Daniel Murray who are waiting to come in there, waiting in the wings. And uh, 
you know, some of the other young lads as well. So I'm sure they'll be chomping at the bit to, uh, to fill in Lama's shoes. Yeah, so that's all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. And now what we'll do, we'll look back at the defeat against Hull on Friday night. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Red Devils travelled up to Hull on Friday night in the first game of the Super 8s and went down 32 points to 18, Paul. Um, difficult place to go, Hull. Yeah, it certainly is. And I was thinking before, they've got some good players, Hull. And if you look at their side now, they're going into the in that semi-final quite convincingly. If you look at their squad as well, they've more or less got a fully fit, full-strength side there. It's sort of their 1-13, to 13, what's playing at the moment. I don't think they've got anybody. I think Matt Snick was out injured. Obviously, he's a key player for them. But they've got blokes who can come in. And, and it was always going to be tough. It's a tough game going there. And, you know, they're a good, solid side. They've got a good set of forwards and a good you know, bit of pace. And it was a tough game. It really was, wasn't it? But I thought the first half, we held our own. Really, you know, coming back from... 12-4 down to, to take the lead and uh, yeah, I said it to him Watson it was a bit of a cliche it was a bit, a bit of a performance of two halves really from, from us on, on Friday night yeah uh, Salford's lineup was now of us at full back Greg Johnson Chris Wellham Jake Bibby Manu Vatau Todd Carney Rob Louie Adam Warren Logan Tompkins Wellaraki Tyrone McCarthy Josh Jones and Luce Holger Olsey Krasniki on the bench with Salford was Daz O'Brien Craig Copjack George Griffin and Ben Murnett Masala um, Ian Watson Bit of, bit of a selection uh, change. Adam Warren and Wellaraki at prop forward. Yeah, I think uh, it was needed really after the uh, after the week. I think it needed freshening up a bit. You know, a lot of lads have played a lot, a lot of minutes this season. You know, we've not really had a break. We've, we've been in the cup. So when other sides have had you know two weeks off for the cup break, having been knocked out of the cup, we haven't had because we've got through to the same. So it's been all action really from us. And, you know, players have had to play a lot of minutes and. Friday night, um, Logan Tompkins played 80 minutes as well, so um, he's, he's done it tough this season as well. It was good to see Adam Warren back in. He's, he's missed quite a few games with injury and that, and uh, I think he's come on leaps and bounds this season and been really good for us. So I was pleased to see him back in back in the side there. And uh, it was really strange what I thought was was Gareth O'Brien on the bench and, and Watto didn't play him on, on Friday night. He was on the bench and never never made an appearance. So I thought, thought that was a bit strange, but. Uh, well, yeah, I thought the side we put out was a good one of getting the two. Yeah, sorry about the uh, the sound quality. We seem to be breaking up a bit, but we'll keep going. Uh, Salford stopping the scoring. Manu Vatavau uh, in the corner. Good work by Jake. Baby sends him over. Yeah, it was a good try that from Vatavau. And just before that, he, he made a really good break actually. And uh, yeah, from, from a kick, from a kick through from Holland, he took it Vatavau, and he went about fifty meters down the pitch, and he can shift it as well. He makes a lot of meters and. On that first contact, he seems to keep going as well, you know, with blokes. And he's got tremendous upper body strength. And uh, I was very impressed with him. Good uh, good ball from Jake Bimby. And it was a good try to get us on the board early on. Yeah, unfortunately, Hull struck back with tries from Albert Kelly and Carlos, is it Tomatev, to, to get back in front, Paul. And I suppose top eight rugby, it's going to be... Tumavavi. Carlos Tumavavi, yeah. Tumavavi. Uh, you know, top eight rugby is, uh, you know, it's quality and you need to be, uh, you know, Playing well in that in them conditions. You do, yeah. Hull struck back there. I thought really well. Uh, got a bit of pace on in the side, as I said before. And Jake Connor, I think, who came into the rookie place. Um, Mark Sneed, I'm very impressed with him. Connor, I think they signed him from Huddersfield um, in the close season. He looked really good. You know, he had hand in a few of the tries that they scored. His goal kicking was excellent. He kicked every single kick he took on on Friday night. And they really upped the ante there. Hull put the foot on the gas and got two sort of quick fire tries and. Uh, Went in, in front of a 12 points to 4 lead And we, we were struggling there a bit in the, At that stage in the game Yeah but uh, Salford hit back Great try by Nia Levels Rob Louie puts him through a hole He burns the full back Goes inside and outside And dives over to score What a try Oh he certainly was Yeah he, he, he had a 60 yard break there I think from Nia Levels And he did it Jamie Gold's a good full back With plenty of pace But Nia Levels He seems to be getting quicker to me he, He's a super finisher And his defence was outstanding again on Friday night, but that was a great try from him. That I mean, you could question the defensive. He was a whole supporter, but it was great play from Nile. And uh, just unfortunate though, Todd Carney with the kicking boots on, playing for um, the injured uh, Michael Dobson, missed the missed the kick. So that's just made it close to twelve eight. Even though it was two tries apiece. Yeah, and um, like I say, Salford were full of uh, energy and full of running at that point. Rob Lewis scores a great weaving run for him and places the ball over the line. 
great strength from Robert Lewis, that's straight from a set scrum as well, Rob, you know, in the corner where he scored there, super strength, I mean, again, if he was a whole supporter or a full coach, you'd be questioning their defence there, because he didn't look quite poor, but Robert Lewis, you know, for such a, which, yeah, I wouldn't say small, but he's not the tallest of blokes, and the, but he's, he's, he's deceptively strong, Robert Lewis, for a half-back as well, and I thought that was a super try, that, and it's just what we needed there, and Robert Lewis took over the, over the responsibility of the goal and duties after that try, and uh, kicked the goal off the touchline to put us in front. Yeah, well, just on half time, Jake Connor kicks a penalty for Hull FC, Paul, and we go in at 14-all in a pressure cooker atmosphere of a, of a top eight uh, game. Um, what were your thoughts at that point? You know, we, we were, you know, the better team there. Yeah, I, I thought we were better side in that first half, especially from, from sort of minute 20 to minute 40, second half of the first half, if you like. I thought we, we, we got on, to, on top then. So, in the early stages, I mean, it was a bit... Uh, nip and tuck uh, and Hull came into the game obviously with those, those two tries but uh, but no I thought we was holding our own I thought Robert Lewis kicking game was excellent you know short kicking long kicking he really did put a lot of pressure on uh, I think the Hull um, winger Fenua dropped one of his kicks you know lost it in the lights and uh, he was causing them all sorts of problems really Robert Lewis but going in 14 I thought it was anybody's game really you know it was, it was all about who came out and um, slapping their authority down in the, in the early stages of that second half and obviously we, we bombed a couple of chances and then that, that handed the initiative over to Hull then who, who took their chances. Yeah, I suppose in the top eight battle, Paul, when chances come your way, you've got to take them. And unfortunately, like you said, we bombed a couple of opportunities and Hull being the side they are used to this uh, top eight um, free-for-all, which we're involved in now, they took their chances and we found ourselves uh, a bit far behind them. Yeah, they certainly did. And it's like Ian Watson was saying about the completion rate. I think we was completing about 55%, so we was turning over a lot of bar. It was perfect conditions. It was a lovely night, dry night. It wasn't the warmest of nights, but it was a nice dry night. The conditions of the pitch was fantastic, um, and, and, and yeah, it was uh, it was a funny one. We we, we made mistakes. Our, our defence was poor. I thought in stages of the game, we hold and known for offloading out. They're a good offloading side, and we just didn't, didn't seem to combat that. And hold were offloading for fun, and, and that killed us really. Us knocking the ball and giving them possession, them offloading the ball, and us failing to, to defend really our goal line defence was poor at times. And they weren't moving up quick enough for, for my liking, and we weren't sliding across quick enough. And you know, Hull had a good side at that, and they made us pay for it in that sort of first 15 to 20 minutes of the second half. Yeah, Manu Vatavai scored his second uh, as a consolation try for us. Uh, but you know, like you said, he's, he's, he's definitely a beast, he looks the part, he's uh, playing well. It certainly is, Rob, yeah. I mean, we've had players before who've come with big reputations and big names and they've not done the business for us. But I think, you know, he's only played two games, Manu Vatara, but I think there's enough there for me to suggest he's going to be a good player. He's not frightened to do the hard stuff either. He's not, not frightened to get stuck in. He rolls his sleeves up. He takes the ball for him. He takes an awful lot of stopping. And he looks steady as well. He looks steady under the eyeball. He got caught out, I think, in the second half where... Uh, he took a ball into touch, but it was a very clever kick from all and you couldn't really blame him for that. But uh, he finished both his tries superbly well, and especially that second try there. He was right on the touchline, and the whole defender came across, and most wingers there would have been taken into touch. But the guy is that strong, the whole player sort of just bounced off him, and, and he scored uh, in the corner. So, uh, so, yeah, he's got great strength in him, and as he gets sharper and fitter, I think he's only going to get better. Yeah, we spoke to Olsi Krasniki and the man himself, Manu Vatavau, after the game, and this is what they had to say. Right, Olsi Krasnika's just joined me. You must be disappointed after that performance, Olsi. You know, put a lot in in that first half and it was one of them sort of games of two halves, wasn't it? They sort of blew us away in the second. Yeah, proper disappointing. Um, yeah, we started right. We went pretty, we went pretty well, went toe-to-toe and stuff. Scoreline was in our favour most of the game until that last penalty. <laughs> and then that second half, we just when they kicked it up a notch, we, you know, we didn't keep up with them. Um, we definitely, definitely be better now. We've lost too many games now, just to um, try to get some points on the board now. It becomes an habit, doesn't it? Win. I suppose it's just talking to Ian there. He just, he just wants to get any sort of win at the moment. Yeah. Hopefully that'll boost confidence. I mean, tonight it was five tries to four as well. Yeah. So I mean, probably wasn't that far away from him. We had a lot of chances as well yeah. that we just didn't take them. But yeah, we, we bombed a few tries. We had a few opportunities that we just didn't take. Um, there was one point we had like we had a four on two and then didn't take that. It might have been a five on two. Didn't you know? Couldn't complete there. A little kick that went through. Couldn't finish that. There was just just nothing went away. And then by the second half, we sort of just chasing our tail and trying to offload. The ball's going to the ground. There's a few things just disappointing stuff. But instead of just completing, we're you know throwing the ball, trying to create something when we had a lot of time to go. Well, cheers for the effort again tonight. Another big effort for myself. Good luck against Cardiff. Appreciate mate. it.
I'm delighted to uh, announce uh, for Salford City Radio and the Dill the Detail podcast, Manu Vatavai, new Salford signing, has agreed to join me. Nice to meet you, Manu. How are you settling in at Salford? Yeah, really good. Um, all the boys are making me feel comfortable uh, coming into the team and, um, you know, just making me fit in straight away. So um, I'm loving it at the moment. Um, right now we're just going to keep working hard and um, hopefully... Um, we can turn it around. Disappointing result tonight, but you got two tries there. I mean, how are you feeling now? You've not you've not played as many games this season. You're getting back to fitness now. Is that coming back now? Yeah, slowly coming back. Um, you know, that was that's just one thing that I was kind of worried about was my game fitness, and um, I kind of found out last week how yeah. how um, how hard it was. That take a lot out of you last week. Yeah, they kind of took a lot out of me. But um, after that, you know, uh, today I felt a little bit better. And I know it's just going to progress and just going to get better every week. So, you know, i just got to stick in there and um, keep working hard and, and keep doing what I have to do for the team and keep doing my job. Must be nice getting your first try, though. That gets that monkey off your back straight away, doesn't it, getting that first one? Particularly, I enjoyed your second try there because I thought you were going to get put into touch, but you're quite a strong a strong guy, aren't you? They call you the beast, don't they? And, uh, <laughs> you showed it there with a good finish. Yeah, it's always it's always good going, um, getting across the line, but, you know, I'd rather trade that in for a win. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we want to want to do is get the win for the, for the team team and for, for the fans and everyone that's uh, come out so um, I know how hard the balls are, balls are working it just wasn't wasn't our day today and we just got to keep working hard and um, the boys know what we got to work on and we just got to um, know work harder for next week Well commiserations tonight Manu and good luck next week against Casper mate Thank you very much no so that was Olsi Krasniki and Manu Vatavau after the game Paul and both players you know look, looking back at the game knew they were in a battle yeah, they certainly did. Both players were disappointed, really. And uh, it's nice to, to speak to Manu, though. You know, it's the first time we, I've, I've spoke to him. He's a, a nice bloke, and uh, he sounds like he's settling in. He's enjoying himself. So I think there's a lot more to come from him. I think I think most of the Africa players are disappointed at the moment. This run that we're on, your five defeats, I think it is now on the trot. So uh, the, especially after the good form that we had through May, June and July have been a bit dodgy, really. So uh, obviously we want to get back back to winning ways now and. Uh, Get challenging for that top four. We've had an excellent season, and there's just that that small thing now of sort of petering out in the season. So we don't want that to happen. So hopefully, we get a win this weekend against uh, Castleford. Yeah, but I suppose Paul, you learn from defeats, don't you? And it's a character building exercise. You know, the boys were good. We were flying early in the season, weren't we? Uh, but now, when the times are hard and it's about digging in, this is where you you find yourself, and and we look at the team and see where they're going and where they are. Yeah, certainly, certainly, you certainly do, Rob. And uh, you know, I, I'm sure the players have got enough in them to, to carry on. And like Ian Watson said, they, they used a, a lot of energy to get into that top eight, a lot of mental energy as well. And they got there. Now, you know, skeptics might say that they, they put the few on the rack, and you know, they, they're going to happen to settle for that. But you know, speaking to those players throughout the season and sort of getting to know them every week, talking to them, I know, and you know, and I think a lot of the supporters know that they're. They they were they were good last week to lose that semi final and I think they'll be doing the level best now to to get to the the semi finals of the Super League division that top four because we finished fourth in the regular season but what you, they don't want now there's no way those players want to want to rest now and end up finishing seven four eight so I'm sure they'll be fighting to uh, to get a result on Friday and I mean they battled well on, against Hull on uh, Friday night there was no seventh towel being thrown and the effort was there and. Uh, just a few things I think that need tweaking. I'm sure Ian Watson will put things right. Yeah, I suppose, like you said, Paul, you know, in this top eight battle, the players need to kind of learn to how to function in this pressure cooker atmosphere. And if we want to be a club who are competing in the top eight, sort of week in, week out, you know, this is where we've got to be and this is where they've got to play. Certainly, yeah, it is a learning curve. It's different. It's a different sort of pressure, I think, at the top of the league than it is playing at the bottom of the league or playing in the middle eight. You're playing against teams that are experienced, you know, like St. Elson's, Leeds and Wigan and maybe Castleford to a certain extent. They've been up there for, for a long time, aren't they? And, uh, especially with the, the big three of Wigan Saints and, uh, and Leeds, they, they've won the trophies, haven't they, over the last uh, 10 or 15 years in the Super League. And they know how to, to approach these big games up in the big atmospheres. And they've got big squads as well. You look at Leeds, St. Elson's and Wigan, they've got big squads. They've got academy's there they've got the, the reserve grade as well they've got a, a huge pool of players to pick from if they do get a few injuries they're not down to the bare bones like like sort of we are so we're, you know we're a new side at that level and Ian Watson's a new coach at that level as well so it's going to take him time to adjust and, and, and things like that so I don't think we've got to be too down right? I think there's a lot there's still a lot there for us this season and I think there's a lot of challenges there's going to be a lot of tough, uh, tough games and that to play but I think there's, there's, there's still some good rugby to be played and uh, I don't think all was lost just, uh, just yet yeah talking about Ian Watson you spoke to him after the game, and this is what he had to say. Gentlemen, the 
Right, Ian, you must be disappointed after that performance tonight. Game of two hearts, really. I know it's an old cliche, but it, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it seems to be what we're kind of turning out a little bit at the moment is um, different different pieces in different halves, really. Like I say, what we've got to do is kind of just piece it together and kind of get a win out of it, really. There's aspects in that game where Robert Louis looked really dangerous, didn't he? We looked like we were getting on top of all, but defensive errors and letting holes offload sort of cost us, really, didn't it? Yeah, well, spilling ball didn't help us. Um, as well, I'd say that more killed us more than anything, because any time we tried to get up this end of the field to try and post some points we spilt the ball and we've completed at 55% there which you're never going to win any game you just make yourself do extra defending no, no matter how good a defensive team you are you can't just keep defending as well especially against the kind of the size of blocks what you're playing out against there because it just drains your energy drains your energy and then eventually you're going to come up with a poor defensive read which is kind of what's happening on the back of that Is it becoming a concern for you now that like this losing streak that we're on it's, is it a worry now for you or It's always something you, you don't you don't like losing that probably one of the worst me to be honest with you with, with, with losing as well it really grates on me um, but it's like I say it's something we've kind of got to focus on how we kind of get out of it now every team goes through this um, St. Helens had theirs right at the beginning of the season had a real bad one they've turned theirs around um, there's, there's other teams who've had them as well going through this season of where they've had bad spells and then they've kind of turned the corner and come through on them as well so like we have any win well. I suppose at the moment yeah, if we could so just buy a win that'd do us wouldn't it's it's to get us back getting on. a win and then getting back on track Confidence. and then you start moving forward again a little bit of that so yeah look We've, um, we've front-loaded a lot of our energy uh, at the beginning of the season to make sure we got where we needed to get to. Um, but the thing what we can't do now is just shut up and be happy where we are. We need to kind of keep performing until the end of the year and learn from all these games where we're playing now, which will make us a better team um, for the rest of this year and for, for next year as well. A positive tonight, I thought, was uh, was Manu Vatava. I yeah. thought he looked really good, and that, especially the second try that he scored. I thought he was going to get put in touch, but he's that strong. He does yeah. seem to bounce the defender off. And I suppose he's not played many games, and once he is fully fit, he's going to be an explosive Yeah, he's a shot a little bit of match fitness at the moment but like I say it'll be great for us he'll definitely add to our backfield and he'll add to our team going forward as well you know, I know Gareth O'Brien didn't come on tonight is, is, was that a tactical thing or no, just, just put him on the bench and, or was you oh yeah we, you could have gone well, four forwards I suppose tonight couldn't you yeah we watched it obviously with um, Logan out there with Chris Bryan missing at the moment as well Logan's playing big minutes for us Logan as well Logan played 80 minutes tonight yeah he did mate Logan probably <laughs> pretty shattered a, a big it. dig to be fair for us um, but yeah, Gaz was on the bench there, so we could, if we needed to flip anything or change anything, we could do. But kind of conceding them three tries back to back a little bit killed us, and then you you kind of in the wind a little bit if you think he's going to come on and turn the game for you. Then so, how's Michael Dobson? Um, yeah, he's. We'll see how he reacts. Um, was it was it a knock that he picked up in the semi-final? Uh, yeah, he's had um, a little bit of a knock for a while, but he's, he's not seemed too bad. To be fair, but he's ended up having to have a little injection. He missed his well, organisation so, tonight, didn't we? Yeah, well, Dobbo was good at that, so you always do miss that little bit of organisation. But like, we'll see where we get to with Dobbo um, this week and see whether it is fit or not. But like I say, we, we need to see a lot of people before that one happens. Games come thick and fast. Cast next week, so it don't yeah. get any easy for you. How do you approach the cast game? Yeah, uh, we've got to approach it to, to get a win. It's like I say, it's not about the kind of the performance, it's about going coming to the AJ Bell and making sure we put a decent performance out and get a win. Just shows how intense these eights are though. Cass were beaten last night at home to St. Helens. Well, there's yeah. the sides coming up on the rails behind you now as well, so you've got to start winning yeah. if we're gonna make that top four. Yeah, that's the that's the big thing. Every team kind of approaches your season differently as well. It's like like I said, we trained really hard to make sure we we made sure we was nowhere near it that. It seems like some of these game. bigger sides are, are holding something back a lot. So, like so Wigan and St. Helens and they're sort of coming into the into the form now, aren't they? It's the experience that of knowing knowing them games and knowing how to play in them games and win them games as well and if we're honest that's something that we need to learn something I need to learn as well that's been new to me as a head coach playing at the top end of the Super League as well and it's something that's definitely new to a lot of our players as well so it's something we need to learn this year like I say we did front load a lot to make sure we got where we got to because um, I'd rather be sat here now than where, where we were last year um, so we, what we need to do is kind of box smart now and see what we can kind of get and kind of enjoy the apes as well really and um, see what we can kind of get out of it well, thanks a lot for speaking to me tonight, Ian. I know you're disappointed, but good luck next weekend, Cass. Cheers, Paul. So, that was Ian Watson uh, looking back at the defeat against Hull FC on Friday night, Paul. And it's, like he said, it's a learning curve for everyone. Yeah, it certainly is, isn't it? I don't think he's been in this position before as he is as a coach. You know, the, the top end of the uh, Super League. and he, Obviously, he's going to find it hard you know losing games and things like that no coach wants to be to be losing and especially after the good start of the season so I'm sure he's going to be looking at turning things around and we keep going back to it don't we but you know certain players missing and things like that but uh, you know, he never really bothers about that he just sort of gets on with it and 
know, they're the cards that you've been dealt that need to catch that phone about injuries and things like that. And I'm sure Ian's going to work on things and, and get things right for this this game against Castleford on Friday. Yeah, I suppose it's the way the, the club have kind of like aimed to get in the sort of the top eight and like Ian Watson said, they kind of front-loaded the season, which is, you know, as a club, we want to be in the top eight, so getting into the top eight is a big, big step forward, and, you know, that's that's a good thing, and whatever happens now, from now on, is a bit of a bonus end of the day. Yeah, it certainly is, but obviously people's expectations are going to be going to be higher. We finished fourth, didn't we, and for a long time in the season. We were second, weren't we, and not far behind, behind Castleford. So it, the way we have sort of dropped off a bit, the intensity levels do seem to have dropped off a bit, for one reason or another that, that's up to people to decide why that is and Ian Watson to decide why that is and I'm sure he's, he's working on that really hard to, to put things right but that's I think that's why people are a bit disappointed at the moment because we were so high in the table and obviously we, he does look a bit doubtful now that we're going to finish in that top four um, I still think we've got a chance I think we've got a great chance of finishing and we've got four home games let's forget in the, uh, the Super 8 so you know, starting with this game against Castleford on on Friday night so uh, I don't see why not and I don't see why we can't beat Castleford you know watching their game against Mr. St. Helens on Thursday night I think they're beatable so uh, we've just got to be positive and, and move forward and just learn things as we go along and I think the learning curve that you just mentioned there I think for a lot of the younger players as well they're getting a lot of experience playing in these big games and you know you can't have experience you know you, you go through these hard times and it makes you stronger and, and a better player and I'm sure that the young lads will benefit from it Yeah looking at the stats Paul Top tacklers, Logan Tompkins with 44, Tyrone McCarthy with 39, Cop Jack with 26, George Griffin, George Griffin with 28. Paul was put a shift in. Yeah, they certainly did put a shift in, yeah. And, uh, we have sort of three players on the bench, as I mentioned before, with, with, with Gareth O'Brien not coming on. And Logan Tompkins, you know, to play 80 minutes there, he's not used to playing 80 minutes, Logan. He worked his socks up there for that, for that amount of time playing at Hooker against a big whole pack as well. And, you know, like we said before, we've got guys missing in Flanagan, Tarsley, Mossop, you know, so the other guys who've come in have got to do, uh, have got a big job to do, and uh, you can't really, uh, really whack the forwards, you've got guys like Olsen Krasniki there as well, who work really hard, so, uh, so yeah, you, you, I don't think you can lay any blame at the forwards door, I think they turn up every week and, and do the business. Yeah, looking at the top meter makers, uh, Josh Jones with 106, uh, Jake Bibber with 105, Nile Levels with 106, Manu Vatavao with 166, Paul. Uh, Griffin with 86. Um, you know, the forwards made big, big yards. So they did. Manu Vatavao stands out. 166 metres. And just thinking, we were talking about it before, weren't we? How, how much he sort of brought to the side. And in the two weeks that, that he's played, you know, in the Wigan game and the whole game. And that's something right. He's not played a lot of games in, in Australia this, this season for New Zealand Warriors. He's, he's, he's had a bit of an injury in uh, one thing and another. So he. You can easily say, oh, he's not quite sharp at the moment, but you know, he certainly looks the part, and I think he's, as we mentioned before, he's going to improve every week, and I was very, very impressed with him on Friday night, especially the goal forward that he's got, and the size of the man, really, and the amount that he takes to, to put him down, he, he takes a pressure off you, man, he attracts defenders as well, and makes that yard and gets you on that front foot going forward, so he is like having an extra forward, you know, in the back there, so... Uh, He's, uh, I suppose he's filling the shoes of Justin Carney, really. He's coming and sort of Justin used to play that game, didn't he? The big goal forward, the big meter maker. So uh, you know, he's got big boots to fill in Justin Carney, but I think he's more than capable of doing that. Yeah, looking at his stats, tackle bursts 11. Only Josh Jones got 11 with him as well. Meters 166, average gain of 8.3 metres. You know, like I said, with Justin Carney, like you said, Justin Carney on the wing, he was kind of used as a battering ram early in the, in the tackle count to get us going forward and... Hopefully, if he, you know, we play in the same kind of way, uh, with his experience, uh, he's going to bring a lot to the team. Yeah, I think he will. I think he's a good try. I think he's a good try score as well. Batavai's got a very good try record. He's got a bit of pace as well. He looks very solid under the high ball from what I've seen of him. Um, and he's going to get us that goal forward. I think he's quite ferocious in defence as well. He's uh, he's put a few forwards on the on the backside when he's run at them, especially with Matt Wigan semi-final. He looks, uh, he's that sort of player, that sort of explosive, aggressive, aggressive runner and uh, I think he's going to bring an awful lot to the side of Arnie the uh, As I said before, he's going to get better as, as the season goes on. I'm looking forward to seeing him against Castleford on Friday night, especially against the backs that they've got in, in, in their side. So, uh, yeah, roll on uh, Friday and uh, that's a big, another big performance from Manny. Yeah, we managed to grab a word with... Uh Rugby league legend and whole player uh, Gar- uh, Gareth Ellis after the game, uh, and this is what he had to say. 
uh, about the game and about us. Right, delighted to say I've been joined by Gareth Ellis. We don't normally interview the opposition players, but with Gareth being such a such a great in the game now and a legend in the game, playing in Australia, how tough is that out there tonight? You know, the energy levels, you, you know, your coach and Ian Watson as well and Lee Radford both said the energy levels were low being that big semi-final game there. It was a tough game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a strange game. It was a bit... Uh, a lot of mistakes. Yeah, a lot of mistakes. And it was a quite a, a bit of a sluggish game, really, at times. And, um, well, you don't see me playing 40 minutes straight any very often these days anyway. So it must have been uh, must have been slow. But, yeah, from our point of view, just really pleasing to... Um, you know, to get the win, you know, after the back of sort of the euphoria that surrounds, you know, a semi-final win to, um, to you know, to get a win tonight was really important for us and get our Super Eights campaign off to a, to a winning start. How have you made of Salford season this, this time around, looking as an outsider looking in at oh, our season? Well, what a season, you know, from last year, from, you know, moments away from not even being in this this league, you know, to uh, to have had the season they've had. They seem to have a lot of uh, stability there, you know, it's been a bit of a chaotic um, Seem from the outside looking in, it looks a little bit. It has been a little bit chaotic, but I think they've really, you know, stabilised. Like Ian Watson's done a fantastic job, and they've got some good players playing well. You know, obviously two two players that I played alongside at West Tigers in Robert Louis and Ben Murdoch Masilla. Uh, they were outstanding back then, and they're, and they're producing the goods for, and they've been the integral part of what Salford have done this year. Nick, well, best of luck at Wembley, Gareth. Thanks very much for speaking to us on Devil in Detail. Thank you very much. Well, Thank- that was uh, Gareth Ellis. Um, rugby league legend Paul is, you know, he's been around the world. Great player and had some nice things to say about us and our form this season. Yeah, he certainly did. He's a lovely guy, that Gareth Ellis, and got a lot of time for him as well. Rob, I think he's been a great player over here, and you know that that sort of greatness gets banded about far too often. I think, but I think he has been. He's been at the top of his game, you know, playing international rugby league. You know, his time over here with Wakefield and Leeds Lionels, and then he went over to Australia with the West Tigers, playing with Robert Louis and Ben Murdoch Masilla over there for West. And, you know, there's not many players go over to Australia and the Australians actually sort of lord them up, is there? And, you know, I have a lot of respect in the, respect to the Australian press and media and this, that and the other, but Adrian Mall is one of them, definitely. I think he's held in really high regard over there, but I know Gareth Ellis as well, you know, he won the Player of the Year, I think, a couple of years running at West Tigers, so it was great to speak to him and uh, I didn't actually realise he was 36, I didn't think he was, he was that old, so it's uh, older than us too, so... Uh, <laughs> and he was saying that he might have another year left in him, so... Uh, you know, could be some sort of player we'd, we'd look at, you know, Gareth Ellis. I think he's still got you know, a bit a bit left in, in his tank there. And, uh, yeah, great to speak to him. And I thought he played really well, actually, on Friday night. Yeah, I don't think we've got another year left in the tank, Paul. No, I don't think I have, anyway. Not the way my body's holding up at the moment. <laughs> well, so big, big thanks for everyone who uh, did the three-word match reports and the matches for us. Uh, Colin Reynolds says, season ebbing away. And his uh, man of the match is uh, Manu. Um, Mark, uh, take your chances. Uh, bounce back Rick uh, watch out Cass his man of the match was Jones I suppose the players have opportunity now Paul to put things right and beat Castle Tigers on Friday well certainly what you, you couldn't wish for a bigger game could you really playing top of the table at, at home Castleford who, who sort of had all the plaudits this season haven't they and you know, if we could knock them off again I think that would be a real feather in our cap so I'm sure the players would be more than ready and more than motivated on Friday night yeah uh, Salford Marina no goal kicker Chairman Bob uh, game last eight minutes. His man of the match was Josh Jones. Uh, Roy Ellibit, two blown tries. His man of the match was uh, Josh Jones. Um, I suppose, like Roy said there, them two tries occur and it's a totally different ball game. Well, yeah, especially uh, the kick three on one. I think it was McCarthy who went through and uh, it's strange on that because if that had been on Sky, that would have uh, been referred to the video referee, so he might have got close to that ball, but we'll. we'll We'll never know, but the other one was a breakthrough, and uh, was it Louis who put the ball through to John Griffin, who went racing through there, and pass went to nine levels, and it went to ground. So, so, if we could have picked up at least one of those scores, that would have put us uh, put us back in front there at sort of a vital time in the game, and obviously we didn't. And then for that next sort of period of about ten or fifteen minutes, Hull really grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck, and that was the turning point in the game, really. So, uh, yeah, and the completion rate of ours with the mistakes and that, that didn't help us, and that's what killed us off. I thought on Friday night. Yeah, and the final one, Martin Scholes says we are safe, uh, and his man of the match was uh, was Evels. Uh, so we was your man of the match on uh, on Friday, Paul. I think it's a toss up really between Nia Levels and Manu. That's why well, Robert Louis as well, I thought was good, but I'll probably go for Nia Levels because I thought he was excellent in defence. He took his try really well, and I've been really pleased with how Nia's gone the last few weeks. Really, and he's sort of making that fullback spot his own again, and. Uh, 
you know, I know it's going to be difficult for Gareth O'Brien to sort of overthrow him from that, but I think he deserves it at the moment. I think he's playing really well in attack and defence, and uh, long may that continue because I think he's an excellent player. Yeah, so Salford went down to defeat away at Hull FC in the first game of our Super 8 qualifiers, uh, but there's a chance to bounce back against Castleford on Friday. We'll talk about that in a moment. Before we talk about that, Paul's going to look at what our amateur sides did uh, this week in his amateur report. Right, we'll start this week's amateur report with the National Conference Leagues, which got underway this week on Friday night, the 4th of August. Wolfston Rovers, Pips, Oldham St. Anne's in the Division 3, they won by 15 points to 14. The rest of the games were played on Saturday, the 5th of August. Rochdale Mayfield, another good win. They beat Waffborough Hornets in the Premier Division by 16 points to 8. That's moved Rochdale Mayfield above Waffborough now into third place. Rochdale Mayfield got 26 points, Tatawitha second with 28, and it's Sid Orley who are still top with 31. So a good win there for, for Rochdale Mayfield in the Premier Division. In on to Division Two, couple of scores in there for us. Saddleworth Rangers were beating a real thriller at home to Thornhill Trojans. They went down by 25 points to 24. Salford City Roosters are officially condemned to the drop now after losing 34-26 at home to top six hopefuls Crossfield. The Roosters were 26-16 up ahead early in the second period of that game, having registered tries from Mike Burr, who scored a brace, and tries by Harrison Barnett, Tom Smith and Joe Connor, with Steve Barry kicking three goals there. So unlucky for the Roosters. They've had some tough weeks you know, the last few weeks, but to go down 34-26 is a much improvement like I said winning by 26 points to 16 there were 20 points to 16 up at half time so we're sadly going down there but showing signs of improvement and wish them all the best for the rest of the season Division 3 there was one more match there on Saturday that was Waterhead 24 Dewsbury Celtic 28 the fixtures for this weekend the first game well, sorry, there's a midweek game between Saddleworth Rangers and Lee East that's on Wednesday night the 9th of August the rest of the games are going to be played on Saturday Premier Division it's Pilkington Rex against Rochdale Mayfield Division 2 Wigan St Jude against the Saddleworth uh, South City Roosters and in Division 3 Oldham St Anne's play Clockface Miners and Wollstone Rovers play the Waterhead Warriors Well moving on now to the North West Men's League, we've got quite a few results here to get through, we'll start off in Division 2, where it was Lee East A4, Rochdale Mayfield A46, in Division 3 Oldham St Anne's A54 Eccleston Lions 12, in Division 4 Little Hulton Reds 24 Caddy's Ed Rhinos 25 Langworthy Reds 24, Colchef Eagles 52, Manchester Rangers A58 Ryland Sharks A4 and Wolston Rovers A34 West Horton Lions 18 in Division 5, Saddleworth Rangers A34 Garswood Stags 18 and Wigan Springview 100 Bolton Mets 6. I don't like seeing scores like that really because it's, uh, you know, it's a big score to put on Bolton Mets. Congratulations to Wigan Springview but I wish Bolton Mets all the best next week and I'm sure they'll bounce back from that defeat. The fixtures for this week in the North West Men's League start on Wednesday the 9th of August. We've got a game there between Berry Broncos 8 and Clockface Miners 8 in Division 5. The rest of the games will be played on Saturday the 12th of August. Division 1, Lee Miners A play Folly Lane. In Division 2 it's Charlie Panthers against Berry Broncos. Manchester Rangers against Lee East A. Rochdale Mayfield A against the Leyland Warriors in Division 3 Oldham St Anne's A Burtonwood uh, sorry Oldham St Anne's versus Burtonwood Bridge Eccleston Lions play the Fittenhill Bulldogs Wigan Bulldogs play Rochdale Cobras Division 4 Manchester Rangers A play the Caddy Z Rhinos Little Hulton Reds play the Oral St James A and West Hot and Lions play Langworthy Reds Division 5 Berry Broncos A play Aspel New Springs and Leyland Warriors A play the Saddleworth Rangers A there was no youth uh, games this week so that's it that's all I've got for you short amateur report this week I'll catch you at uh, Salford's game against Casford on Friday Four hours a day. Radio Contact. It's time for the Devil of the Salford Red Devils take on Castleford Tigers this Friday at the AJ Bell Stadium. Second game in the Super 8 competition, Paul, and we're really looking forward to it. Certainly, Arab, yeah. It's probably going to be a really big game this Castleford going for that top spot, aren't they, in that league lead shield. I think they're um, eight points in front of Leeds in second place, so they're going to be big running for us, really, because I think if they get a few more wins, they're going to be guaranteed to, to finish top, aren't they, really? Not, no one's going to catch them, they're already guaranteed top four now, so... Uh, 
But they did have a, a shaky game against St. Helens last week, and I think Saints did a real number on them at Castleford on, on Thursday night last week, and put them in a the place really. So uh, they were looking to bounce back. I think they'll be like a, a bit wounded from that game, so we're going to have to be on our guard really. We know what Castleford are all about. They've been very consistent this season, so I think it's a bit tough night, Rob. Yeah, it could be kind of a crossroads in their season. And was it eleven on the spin and then defeat against St. Helens? You know, they've come to our place before. They've yeah. got beat, so it might be in their heads a bit. You know, Salford. Might be the place where you can't win. Well, it was an excellent performance, wasn't it? We beat them the last two seasons at home, Rob. We beat them last season. We beat them twice in the league last season, and then obviously that win this season. So, we did well to beat Castleford. Um, I think so as well. I, I mean, I know people rave about them in this, that, and the other, but I've seen quite a lot of them this season. And you can see things in their game where I think if you give them respect and, and give them the room, they'll walk all over you. For me, you've got to get in the faces. And, you know, they've got players on there who, you know, our players are just as good as theirs. Some of their players in the pack as well. You know, Paul McShane, people like that, Nathan Massey, they're no better than the players we've got. So I think you've just got to uh, get in the faces, make them work hard and move the ball against them as well. Move the ball out wide. That's what we're good at doing. We've got pace out there with high levels. We've got to use him and get him linking in that line and, uh, you know, just get on that Luke Gale as well. Obviously, don't give him loads of room because, you know, the room we, we gave him at the other week at Weldon Road, he could have played in a dinner suit. The amount of room and time we give him. So, uh, you know, getting him, getting his face, and uh, I think I think we can beat Castle definitely. Yeah, I think it's a good test. Uh, obviously, Castle Castle Tigers are top of the league for a reason, Paul, and I'm sure the boys will be fired up for it. We we want a good performance uh, on Friday uh, to put a marker down. If we uh, if we beat Castle, we're back in the the race for the top four, uh, and that's what we want. We want to be competing, don't we, in these kind of games? Uh, you know, at the end of the season, and you know, a win at home. It would be a good start. Obviously, where we finish, we get four home games, don't we? So, if we get uh, opportunity yeah. to win one, then obviously, you know, we've got to take it. It's a huge game, Rob. It really is. I think a win could really inject our season back to life, really, if we can win that game. I'm not so sure about the, where we are about in the table if we win. I think we can go back into the top four, can't we? If other results go our way and uh, what have you. So, it'd be a big shot in the arms to beat Castleford and a big confidence boost as well. I think to beat anybody at the moment it'll be a confidence boost you know being on this, this run that we're on so uh, but to beat Castleford who, who, who played so well this season I think the thing with them is the consistency they played with I mean I saw them the other week go to the south of France when they were on this big run and I thought to myself if they can go and win over here the way they're playing at the moment and you know they had a few shaky defeats and, and what I think it was a game after, after we played them and uh, you know they played really well pulled it out of the fire again and that's the, that's the mark of a top side that you know, can just carry on doing it week in week out and I think we've been found out this season a bit we've, we've sort of done the, the four or five wins on the spin and then you had that one defeat then it's gone to two to three Castlewood haven't they've had the odd defeat here and there but then they bounced back and got, got back on the, on the horse and you know won, won consecutive games again so can't take that away from them they've been really good this season they've been Probably the best side in the league by, by quite a way. And they've had some fantastic results, you know, moved the ball about, scored some great tries, put some big scores on teams as well. So we have to be on our guard because they like to, I think that sort of side cast that like to blow you away, you know, in the first half of the game. So we have to be on our guard from, from minute one on Friday. Yeah, uh, injuries are biting them though. Uh, no Greg Eden, Webster's been out for a bit. You know, could be a good time for us to, to upset, the, upset their apple cart. Well, yeah, I think that, that's been one of the things that's worked in their favour this season. They've had quite a settled side, haven't they? Especially settled halfbacks with uh, Roberts and Luke Gale in there. And, you know, um, losing Greg Edens is probably a big blow for him, really, because he's been really a sort of goal to play. I think he's scored about 34, 33, 34 tries this season. So, uh, so he's definitely been a real talisman for them, but they've got danger all over the field, really. If you look at the side, Greg Minikin been excellent for him this season, and Michael Shenton, we all know about him. And the other winger, Joel Monaghan, always seems to pop up with tries. I mean, I know he's a bit of a backup player now at Twilight and end his career, but he'll still pick up the tries and that. And they've got a talent in the forwards as well, so we're going to have to be on our guard because they're all they're a team Castleford, aren't they? And, uh, you know, they, they all seem to fight for each other, and they've got a real cracking team spirit. And Danny Warris sent to the media the other week when they played him at Weldon Road. You know, if, if you do put a big hit on a Castleford player, they really take it personally. And they're up there and uh, very aggressive to challenge every single decision. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to be on our guard to win this game, Robin. We're going to have to play really well, sort of one to seventeen. Yeah, but one to seventeen, our, our players for me can match them on on, our, on the day. Castle um, Tigers are a great side, top of the league for a reason, Paul. But for me, you know, the boys are firing. If you start firing, you know, we'll beat Castle. I think so, Rob. We've got some talented players as well. People forget that sometimes. You've got the likes of Josh Jones in there. He's a seasoned professional player, and you've got Junior Sowell for the other back. I'm not so sure where they will, but we missed him a bit of a hole. You've got Todd Carney in there, Robert Lewis, 
you know, Ben Murdoch, so these guys have played well this season and done, done a good job for us. And uh, just about everybody standing up on, on Friday night, everybody playing well, everybody doing the job. Tying that defensive as well, I think that's one thing we've got to do. Tying that defence, stop Castle from holding the block, because that's what they'll try and do. And um, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll be all right. We've done it already this season. We've beaten once this season. We've had some good wins at the AJ Bell this season. Well, let's not forget that. So. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think there'll be plenty of points in the game and uh, be an exciting encounter as well. Yeah, give us your score prediction, Paul, for the game against Castlewood on Friday night. Well, I knew that question was coming and I could tell by the tone of your voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote it down. I just said to you, I just crossed it to myself. I said, plan the points. But um, earlier in the week, I wrote my score down 22-16 to Salford. So uh, I think I'm going to stick with that one, mate. 22-16. 22-16. I'm going to go, well, I'm going to go for a Salford win. Uh, obviously the club have gone big on the Manu Vatavau home debut so I'm going to go Manu Vatavau hat-trick for Salford in a 40 points to 10 win 40 points to 10? yeah Manu Vatavau runs oh, over <laughs> yeah he's going to run, he's going to run over the, the is it Joel Monaghan is that him is that on the side of the field? yeah 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 he's going to, going to that be some victory I'll tell you what Rob if we were to beat Castleford by 40 points to 10 that would send out a huge message to the rest of the Super League I think that that uh, really would kickstart our season and uh, but I tell you what you'll get good odds on Manly Bath by scoring a hat-trick on, uh, on Friday night it could be an omen that now mate you need to get down to uh, Better Fred really raced out Better Fred yeah I can just see it he'll just leave Monaghan uh, like roadkill just run straight over him three times I hope you're right Rob I really hope you're so, right so that's the end of another podcast for this week Paul another great show and thanks for you know keeping your podcast run going by uh, coming on when you're on your holidays no, no problem mate. it's a pleasure you know me I love talking about Salford and that and, uh, even though I'm on my holidays I can't wait to come back now for Salford on Friday night I'm really excited mate it should be a, it should be a great game Friday night let's just hope we can turn up with our performance and, uh, and get that result and, and kick start our season mate yeah and hopefully you know get a big crowd down club are going big with this Manu Vatavau um, promotion and you know he's a big player and I'm sure the people of Salford uh, will be you know climbing over themselves to get to the game he is a big player he's a big player and I think he's a big character as well Robin you look at the, the service that he gave New Zealand Warriors and you know people respect that don't they when a player stays at a club for, for so long and uh, you know gives his heart and soul to that club and he looks like that sort of player who's going to come and do the same sort of thing for us. He's, he seems a really big character, a really, really nice bloke as well off the field. And uh, I think the fans are really going to warm to Manu Vatava. I think he's going to be uh, sort of the new, the new Fatasini, shall we say, at <laughs> Salford. So, uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play on, on Friday night. And I'm really excited for the game. I think it's going to be a super atmosphere against the top of the table. And, uh, yeah, roll on Friday night. You, hey, could prob- you could probably fit three Fatasinis in a Manu Vatava. He wasn't the, the, the tallest Fatasini, but he was a, a stocky bloke. Wasn't he? I was looking at some pictures of him actually on the on Facebook the other day, on Facebook on the internet the other day for uh, one of the pages on there, and uh, in his old Nike Seven shirt, and he was a bit of a, a bit of a pocket uh, battleship, wasn't he? Fatasini, he's a big lad, really big lad. He he sort of run over you, didn't he? Mm. He, he? He wouldn't go around the defence; he'd just run through you. But uh, yeah, I think Fatasini's uh, played in New Zealand. He's a, he's a test player as well, so. Uh, He's special. These are sort of exciting players we want to see at our club, don't we? So uh, I think it's a big sign this for Salford. I think it's an opportunity as well for us fans to the, to grab the people who took who we took to the to semi final against Wigan and say, come and watch an home game against Castleford, first home game of the the Super Eights, uh, and hopefully a big crowd. Well, yeah, definitely. There's probably a lot of people who went to that. This is not being negative, by the way. This is just me, my opinion. But I think there's probably a lot of people in that semi-final that may not have been to a game this season at the AJ Bell Stadium. And, uh, you know, to be honest, they don't know what they're missing, do they, Rob? Because we've had some great games there this season and we've had some great away games as well. And, you know, I, I'd encourage anybody to go and, and, and check it out for themselves. I mean, that atmosphere, that, that semi-final was tremendous. I know we didn't get the result that we wanted, but it was a great atmosphere. It was great to see people get behind the side. But, well, let's get behind them every week. You know, don't turn it to a semi-final. Like get to the. I mean, yeah, I'm not telling people to be like sort of missing days after holidays and going to away games and all that sort of thing. But just get to the home games and get behind the boys because you won't be disappointed. It's, we've done some great stuff this season. Oh, the atmosphere has been tremendous. I mean, just think back to, to that Catalan uh, game in May. It was the, the Maybank holiday. Wanted to beat Catalan by 50 points and so on. The atmosphere was special that night. Wanted Robert really buzzing, and uh, it was been some buzzing nights this season. I'm sure. Yeah, it's been an amazing season, like you said, Paul. When you look back at everything we've achieved, um, we would never have dreamed we'd be in the top eight and, and a semi-final of the Challenge Cup. It's 
it's a special time, I think, for the club. Even though we are going forward and we continue to move forward, you know, it's time to reflect, I think, on, on where we are and where we're going. Yeah, it's a special time. I think I think we've, we've made mistakes in, in parts of the season and uh, you know, we're the first to admit that and they're learning from it, aren't they? And that's, that's how you, you go forward. This isn't just a quick fix this season, I don't think. I think Ian Watson's approaching the season. To, it's, it's a long-term project, isn't it? To me, you don't much want to go into the season, yeah, finish top four and then make the mistake that we did in 2006. We had a great season in 2006 under Carl Harris. We finished fifth in the table. All right, we got battered off Bradford in the playoffs. We ran out of steam a bit. The season after, we, we made some decent signings, but we got relegated. We finished bottom. We had a, a really terrible season. and We don't want that to be the, the case now. We don't want to do really well, finish sort of fourth, fifth, sixth, or whatever this season, and then wind up you know, in that bottom four again next season. It's crucial now that we build on this top eight finish, go into next season, and hit the next season, let the ground run again, and getting that top eight again next season. I think that's that's the crucial thing for me now is consistently now finish in this top eight. That's if the rugby football league don't change the, the format of uh, as a league like they're probably going to do in the next couple of seasons. But let's start aiming to finish in that top six every season now, you know, for the formidable future. Yeah, that's the, for the foreseeable future, not formidable future. I mean, the word mixed up for foreseeable future, sorry mate. Yeah. I think that's the big test for me. Like you said, that season we thought we were on the verge of something and it all came crashing down around us, didn't it? This okay. this season you know, we, we've gone big, haven't we? And we've achieved. It's what happens next year and, and the year after. We need, like you said, we need to be finishing in the top eight for the next three to five years consistently to change the culture of our club and the people and the culture of people looking into our club and what we are. So I think yeah. this season's great. The top eight finish, you know, Challenge Cup semi-final appearance, brilliant. Next year, we need similar. We need to be in that top eight for sure. And another good cup run, that'd be great. Um, but it's all about building, Paul, and I'm sure Ian Watson, Ian Blees, the players are all fully focused on where they're going in this journey. Yeah, certainly are, yeah. I mean, the culture to me, you've hit the nail on the head there, Rob. I think that's a, a fantastic point to make about the culture of the club, and that sometimes can, can, can take a while to, you know, it can take years to build that winning culture, can't it, in the club, and, you know, embed that in, and, you know, you look at Wigan, maybe. I don't like mentioning Leeds, but Leeds as well, to a certain extent, they they built that. I think they were the last sort of ten or fifteen years or so. And you know, Wigan, if you go back to the sort of the eight, late eighties or nineties, they built that winning culture, that dynasty, didn't they? And, I mean, clubs are doing it now, aren't they? Like, the, like Warrington did. And they, all right, they've had a poor season this time, but Castleford is another example. There, they've hit that sort of top eight the last few seasons, and they're expected now, aren't they? Their supporters expect them to finish up that sort of the table now. Whereas our supporters don't do it. You're only, to me, you're only ever a few wins away or a few defeats away from, from losing, aren't you? We could, you know, in theory, lose every game now to the end of the season and, and sort of finish eighth and, and or seventh or whatever. And I think that's what perhaps some supporters are fearing at the moment. I, I don't think we will do. I think we've got a, a squad strong enough to, to win more matches this season. But you're only ever a few defeats away from, you know, people questioning the coach or people getting on fan, uh, players' backs and things like that. So we, I think you've just got to uh, just keep, take each game as it comes and give each opponent respect because this top eight is going to be tough it really is teams aren't going to lie down because the way things are this season every side has got a chance of getting in that top four haven't they? at the moment anyway so uh, it's going to be very intense and it's going to be a, it's going to be a thrilling ride I think mate yeah it feels every game becomes a, a cup final doesn't it and that's the way we've kind of got to approach it really I feel yeah it, it is every game is a cup final but definitely uh, if you're looking to the Wigan game the week after how intense that's going to be I know it's the week before the cup final but you go to a ground like Wigan and I think Parky uh, when Parky was on a few weeks ago or last time he was on he, I think he probably was talking about going to Leeds I think he made a really good point and since he said that it's stuck in my mind I think it was about going to Headingley and uh, I suppose you can say the same thing for going to, to Wigan it's like going doing an exam that's what he said you know at school you're going to take an exam because you go into this place where you know you're going to get tested and you know you're going to you know, have a massive atmosphere and all the history that club's got so we've got some tough games we've got to go to Hedden we've got to go to Wigan in this uh, this, this playoff so uh, this top top eight playoff so we're going to get those big tests and you know these are the big tests that a coach like Ian Watson our young coach coming up in his career he's going to thrive on the, these tests and uh, you know, he's done it this season there's some, some, some good wins this season and uh, I think there's some, still some good wins around the corner this season Rob yeah I'm sure when tested the boys will come out with full marks so that was the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast you can find us on Facebook Devil in the Detail SRD you can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD and you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes 
and radio contact. So I've been Rob Parkinson, and we'll see you. Four hours a day. Live. Radio contact.